0: my friends. Happy Wednesday. The doctor's in the house. Welcome back to another episode of To Your Health with Dr. G. We are here today keeping this revolution going on. I mean, every week I'm so excited to bring you my friends, my colleagues, my experts to talk health, to talk well-being, to talk about success in your health journey. Because again, your health journey is part of your broader life experience, your life perspective. And we always talk about that on every week. In some some way, shape, or form, the shows are tied back to our purpose. And I think about when I'm in my medical practice now, I've had this kind of evolution, where I'm saying, you know what, yes, we can talk numbers, we can talk medications, but I really want to talk about you. And this show's always out there for you out there. That's why I created the show, To Your Health with Dr. G. So I'm so excited to welcome you guys back to another episode of To Your Health with Dr. G. You're joining us here live at Intellectual Radio Studios. We're checking us out as well on Facebook.com. You know me, Dr. G, www.drmarkgomez.com. I'm so excited. My panel today is fierce, and I say that all the time, and I really mean it this time, too. But it's true. I mean, I cannot wait to introduce you to my experts today. We're talking today, lifestyle tips for older adults. And here's my take on it. You know, so many of us have been inspired by generations that have come before us those important figures in our lives. We watch them go through health and go through their lifespan, and we want them to have the best lives possible. And really the reality is that I think about this show and I think about my parents, I think about my grandparents, I think about those and my patients and their their family members, people that I care for, and I want everybody to have as much success as possible. Reality is this, if you're not over 65, at some point you're probably gonna be over 65. So this show's gonna be perfect for you. And really what I wanna do today is set the foundation for success as we get older, and really to have success and beyond, to enjoy our families, our lives, our purpose, our goals that we have, and to leave a legacy, and I think that's important for all of us today. So I'm so excited to welcome you guys back. My panel today is fierce. Again, my name is Dr. Mark Gomez. I'm a board-certified internal medicine physician practicing at Edward Hospital. I'm also a member of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, so here we go. Let's do it. So older. Lifestyle tips for older adults. Before we get into everything and you meet my panel, I want to hit you guys with a quick disclaimer. The content of To Your Health with Dr. G is for informational and and entertainment purposes only, and that the content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Further details can be found at www.toyourhealthwithdrg.com disclaimer. So here we are today, talking about purpose. And really, I want to set the show like this. Plato said it well, the philosopher. The part can never be well unless the whole is well. And we're looking at the longevity of our lifespans. We want to be set up with a lot of success. The most important thing, of course, that I say every week, see your doctor. Establish a relationship with somebody that you can trust, somebody that's going to be in your corner, and somebody that's going to really listen to your story. Because at the end of the day, we all have a story to tell. And so I'm so excited to welcome everybody back. My panel's great. Let's get right into it. We're going to break it down today. We're going to break it down really on kind of fourth. Four central themes. We're gonna talk about nutrition. We're gonna talk about exercise. We're gonna talk about stress and resilience. We're gonna talk about love and support, the power of connection, because this is all coming in full circle. Everything that we do in life comes full circle. And again, we're trying to pay it for, not only for those that we care about, but also for those that come after us. So I wanna introduce my great panel today. I wanna introduce my first guest. He and I go back a long time, many years. Great friend, colleague of mine, expert clinician, just, just, I mean, me and him just connected, and we've been trying to get this in the works for a while, for right now, so I'm glad he's here today, but I want to welcome to my show my good friend, Dr. Jim Cunner. Let me read you his credentials, because his credentials run deep, for sure. Dr. Jim Cunner, he's a board-certified family medicine physician. He's owner at DuPage Family Medicine. Check him out, www.dupagefamilymedicine.com. He's also medical director of Banyan Treatment Center. Check it out, www.banyantreatmentcenter.com. Dr. Connor, welcome to the show. Thanks Mark, good to be here. Hey, I'm so excited to have you here. This is awesome. I mean, this is gonna have This is the universe coming together without a doubt. It's fantastic. We uh, need to do this more frequently. Oh yes, so, well, yeah. you can count on that brother without yeah. a doubt. Tell us a little bit about your background again. Give us a, uh, tell me where you went to medical school, where you did your residency training, and really a few opening remarks about what this theme today means to you. Sure. I went to
1: uh, Southern Illinois University, graduated in 1994, did a three-year residency in family medicine in South Bend, Indiana, and have been in private practice now in my 23rd year.
0: Yes, um,
1: I'm proudly independent, I, I enjoy um, the, all the challenges of uh, navigating medicine, not just uh, for me as a physician, but for also for my patients. You know, this, this topic is something that uh, is true to my heart as somebody that cares for a, a large adult population. Um, as you said in the opening of the show, you know, if you aren't a senior, we're most likely going to be that at some point. So I think these topics today are almost universal for all adults, Excellent. even kids. And, um, but how uh, how we do that as, as doctors um, has changed. And, um, I typically try to tell people, I've got five tenets for this, and it's some of what you hit. One, get good sleep. Yes, please. Two, do some green leafy vegetables. Three, drink your water, stay hydrated. Four, be up and active. And five, try to keep your stress to a minimum. Five simple tenets. And if you can try to do that every day, you're going to do all right.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you, Dr. Connor. Thank you, Mark. I can't wait to get more detail with you. My next guest, he's a return guest on Tear Up with Dr. G. Long time friend of mine. We recently did a 5K together last month. You can check out some of the photos on my website, www.drmarcgomas.com. I want to welcome back my good friend and colleague, Dr. Jason Morris. Let me read you his credentials. Dr. Jason Morris, he's a licensed clinical psychologist and certified dementia practitioner. He's with Renewed Aging Services. Check him out, www.helptheaging.com. Dr. Morris, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much, Mark, glad to be back. Hey, so, I'm so <laughs> glad to see you. And by the way, you did really well during the 5K. You know, hey, <laughs> we both so crossed much. the finish line, I tell you what, that's what it is, but we're laying on the foundation for when we get there, so I like it. That's Please it. tell us a little bit about your background. Where did you do your training And um, in, in psychology? And then also, what are, what are some opening remarks that you have about this theme? Why is this theme so important to you? Well, I, I finished my
2: training uh, in a geriatric psychology hospital Um, In Indiana, after I graduated from Illinois School of Professional Psychology, all my career has been with the geriatrics at some stage or another. Unfortunately, I started when they were at their worst, at the most advanced stages of dementia. I was trained by a medical doctor there to understand what was going on with the disease and and to recognize some of the advanced stages. And and from there, I started getting more involved with those in the living conditions, uh, how they were managing. How their families were managing and that's been my passion ever since then is I just want to help a person have their highest quality of life that they can right where they're at and that really is the reason why this topic sings to me so much it speaks to me because that's what I want to be able to do if I can educate you then you can make the best decision that you can for yourself and your family you know we've got so many caregivers that come alongside their loved ones and uh, so many Older people that are trying to decide what to do and where to go next, and look into their family to be uh, knowledgeable and educated about these things. And we want to be able to provide that information. So, this topic, right
0: where we're going. Excellent. Hey, the- it's great to have you <laughs> back here. So, how the show works, you guys just met my panelists. They are fantastic at what they do, and they're really passionate. At the end of the day, we're all about building trust and delivering truth. And so what do we do on the show so of course, I ask them great questions because of my show, I get to pick on you guys. It's like my old days, back when you are a medical student or a resident, the attending picks on you, but now I get to pick on my experts. But they've showed up here voluntarily, uh, and I'm so excited to have them both here to really give us some pointers out there. At the end of the day, I want you guys out there to share this show. That's the best thing you can do. Talk with your physician, talk with your lowest, anybody that you care about. There's a message here for everyone that's out there. As Dr. Connor said a few moments ago, you know, it's out there for everybody. People of all ages can benefit from this. And as Dr. Morris just said, again, have it about quality of life. We all deserve that. So here we go, the question of the hour, and we call that the chief complaint, of course, when somebody comes to our medical practice, why somebody's there. The question of the hour, chief complaint is, what should older adults be doing right now to maximize longevity, vitality, and quality of life? I'm going to ask Dr. Kind of this question. Here we go. Just give me a guess, you know, we have to set the record straight. We know that as statistically as we get older, there's a more of a likelihood that we're going to get something. Um, but what should people be doing right now? You can kind of said in your little bit of your opening credits, your opening statement, can you expand on that a little bit more about having a good foundation to succeed? Sure. You know, I, I feel as if there's
1: this been this fragmentation of our lives over the past ten years specifically, and everybody is mentally pulled one way or another, and there's not enough time for anything. Um, it's I think it's really important for us to have some consistent daily positivity that we can draw on, whether it's ten minutes of meditation, whether it's a walk at lunchtime, um, and having others around you that also take that as it was. it's important to them so um, it's it's hard it's difficult but it's necessary because as physicians it's the long play for us we look at at 10 15 20 years down the road and I think patients are challenged to, to see that we treat high blood pressure because we know the long-term ramification and you can't feel it so um, Patients need to kind of come into our world and understand the long play is what we're going for.
0: I like that, you know, get the long play. And I always think about some of my patients, I go, I want you to have some short-term, you know, we may talk about short-term sacrifices to get the long-term gains. And you have to lay down the foundation. It's also that you're saying that. And, and certainly as people are transitioning to an older age, getting 65 and older, a lot of times, you know, when they were your long-term patients, they were in their 40s or their 50s, you didn't really have a lot of conversations about chronic disease, and they're getting them now, so, so was, we couldn't have even really planted the seed because they didn't have it. And so I always say the challenge is, how do you plant the seed in someone as a transition to 65 that you should have maybe planted 10, 15 years early? Yeah,
1: it's very true. That's, <laughs> that's one of the hardest things is, is it too late? And I think we all would agree, it's never too late. Um, and that's something I would like the listeners and viewers to take away is, you can start at any time, come work with your physicians and we'd be happy to do that with you trust us we enjoy
0: that. So. <laughs> we certainly do. Dr. Morris you wanted to say something? I just no. wanted to add that, that
2: self-care piece is something that that we don't seem to develop at an early enough age. We get to the point where we're just out of school we get focused on our careers then we have our families and we're always pulled six ways to ever and we Don't look ahead enough to say, I've got to be able to take that time. How many times have we had our loved ones say, you know what, I need a girls' night out, I need a guys' night out. They recognize that they've got themselves overwhelmed and just have to take a moment to decompress. But really we need to develop the habit of having that decompression time in our daily or at least our weekly activities. So that way it helps us maintain a good mental health as we start to age.
0: Let me me piggyback on that one because a lot of you said we have to develop that habit a lot of times we, we talk, but we don't do. How yes. do you get past that that barrier? Because I feel like there's, there's 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 there wants to be action, but a lot of times there's just inaction. Either you can maybe respond to that one. I think
1: I think some of it is is fear and intimidation, especially when it comes to something like exercise. Um, and I'll take it one further. Yes. If you're if you're overweight and you want to start exercising, that can be an incredibly intimidating thing. Um, so how do you break down the barriers to say even this small amount is beneficial? Um, I know that in my practice, I try to use, um, evidence-based medicine like most of us do. So I'll, I'll quote studies and I'll say, this is very basic. Just this little amount is something that can give you an extra two and three years of quality life at the end. Um, and the other thing is it takes time. Um, one of the things that we talked about prior to the show is building care over time. I call it longitudinal care. Yes. And I've had patients where for five years, three four times a year, I have prompted them and been very patient. And all of a sudden, they come in twenty five pounds lighter. And I look at them and I say, "What did you do?" And they said, "I finally listened." So oh. we have to be. Yeah. So there's a certain patience I think we need to have with each other, with ourselves, but as doctors with our patients.
0: Now, do you think, Doctor Morris? Like you know, as as a, as a clinician, you know, we always want to do the best for our patients. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to guide them through this process. And, and, and yes, sometimes it, we have to be. We have to have our own patience when we're dealing with things because we may not know what's going on in that person's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially as people get older, you know, they think about their care you know, this day and age a lot of people raised over sixty five are caring for their grandchildren as if they were they were their own children. Yes, they they are. never thought that was gonna be possible. They thought at sixty-five plus they're gonna be in Tahiti on a beach and everything and seeing the world but but they have may have, they may have adult children living in the household which wasn't foreseen right. you know, thirty years prior, and now raising their kids, their grandkids as if they were their own children. Mm-hmm. So how do you kind of how do you kind of uh, uh, navigate that uh, you know, when you're talking about trying to make some lifestyle changes, when somebody might have so many other angles, so many other uh, tethers that are holding them down mm-hmm. just to get through their day to day. Well,
2: I think that actually calls back to what's something Jim and I were talking about again before the show, and it was talking about meeting an individual where they're at. I mean, everybody's situation is unique, and we as doctors have a certain level of not only knowledge, but a way to apply that knowledge that we want to impart on our patients. And so understanding where somebody's at, understanding their situation allows us to be able to navigate with them, but not for them, in order to give them a guide road of where they could go in order to be you know, most beneficial to them. Along with that, it's just being able to inspire them to make that choice. Because one thing I always caution anybody that I work with is I can't work harder than you but i definitely want to be able to provide you the best information within my scope of practice. Excellent. Your thoughts
0: on that one, Dr. Conner?
1: It's funny, uh, years ago i had a patient say once, i wish i cared as much about my health as you did. Oh wow. And I, I it's always stuck with me because it goes to what you mentioned Jason where we don't understand we get 15 20 minutes with them two three times a year, but all the rest of that, you know, we don't know what happens and so, um, I think we need to keep that in context of how how do we break that barrier down in a, in a finite amount of time, and I think that that comes with time, mm-hmm. you know? So,
0: yeah. building that relationship. Still, yeah. And that's one of the things that I would say, and, and everybody here would say that establish that relationship with a doctor you like. We were talking a little bit earlier, uh, before we got live on air, is that, you know, if you're not giving the answers that you need, you know, seek another opinion, it's okay. You don't have to be stuck with the same physician that you have. It's okay to ask questions, it's okay to seek other answers. It's your health, I want you to just be in charge and take charge of your your health destiny. You're gonna find eventually, if you don't have the right physician right now, you'll find that person down the road that, you'll find that, I swear, you'll find that person that will hear you out and lead you to where you need to go. You just have to hear them and just keep sticking with it. So I love it. So let's get into some other kind of tips. Uh, So uh, I wanna start with some nutritional stuff. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about just, I love how you said, that. that Dr. Kind of it's like, you know, just eat some more vegetables. And there's no doubt, uh, you know, there's something called the Blue Zones. And the Blue Zones, for those of you out there that don't know what it is, it's, it's five places on Earth where people live the longest. And not only just live the longest, but have the most vitality and even quality of life, arguably, uh, as they get older. And, you know, you're talking about people, you know, in this country, it was just a little bit over 100 years ago, the average life expectancy in the U.S. was about just a little bit north of 50 years old. Now it's about 80, but one can argue that actually it should be a little bit longer. Uh And, and, and because if we're, if we're mired in chronic disease that is really hampering our ability to have longevity, if we fix the underlying things, if we make really powerful lifestyle changes, we can actually go longer. And so what the Blue Zones did, these five places in the world where people live the longest, they have this great system. It's just almost like this great aura of longevity, and it's, it's, it's like transgenerational. And so you're talking about the people the race where they have the highest centenarians, the highest number of people that get to the 90s, the least amount of chronic disease burden. And when you look at what binds them together, you know, a couple of things that I think about. Number one, having a life purpose. Uh, from a nutritional standpoint though, to so talk nutrition, it's really eating a predominantly plant-based, whole food, plant-based diet. They don't eat a lot of flesh, but they're not necessarily veg- vegetarians or vegans, but, but they have a predominantly whole food, plant-based diet. I tell my patients this, if something grows from the ground, eat it. You know, as long as it's not poisonous. But if something grows <laughs> from the ground, it's true. If okay. something grows from the ground, eat it. And it gets back to how we kind of were, hunter-gatherer forefathers. Mm-hmm. We, we, you know, you, can't, you weren't guaranteed to get a kill, a game kill, so you had to forage. You had to eat the things, the nuts, the seeds, the veggies, the fruits, the berries, that kind of stuff that really gave you things. You allowed your body to have these kind of uh, uh, alternate between times when you were stressed, when you had to maybe go on a hunt. But a lot of times when you had times of rest, and digest and process. And I think when they come to these Blue Zones communities, they're doing a lot of that stuff. They actually have that purpose. They have have the ability to manage their stressors. They eat a cleaner diet. They're not having a lot of processed stuff. They're getting all their mineral requirements by doing a predominantly whole food plant-based diet. But they also have this great sense of community. Mm -hmm. But let me ask this question to Dr. Cunner, because again, again, you're, you're advising patients a lot about what they should be doing on nutrition, you're kind of like me. You just said, like, can you please just eat some vegetables? Uh, uh, but it's even more than that. I mean, yes, we don't want to do a lot of stuff because, uh, you know, we don't, we don't want to do a lot of red meat um, because we don't want to do a lot of oils because we're raising cholesterol levels. We know that red meat is linked to certain things. I'm not saying you had to cut it out entirely, but we do want to have things in moderation, eating and limiting it. You know, we like doing that kind of stuff. But do you find it amongst your patients that you're saying, like, listen, I need you to stop the refined sugars. I need you to stop this and that and that. But how do you kind of work with somebody uh, if there are some barriers to eating healthy?
1: Sure. I think one of the challenges we have societally is the fact that high fructose corn syrup is so unbelievably cheap as as a uh, as a calorie source, and um, we need to we need to seriously look at if we're going to impact chronic disease on a, a much macro, larger macro scale, we need to address access to healthy foods. Um, this is something that um, that doesn't occur where we work, but it does occur in inner cities um, and in, in poorer parts of the world. Um, so outside of that, I, I, I like to use this ex- example as a can of Coca-Cola, Okay. 150 calories. Yes. Okay. People look at that and go, oh, that's nothing. And I say, do you know how many calories a day you're supposed to consume? As a male, I say 2,000 to make it even. Mm -hmm. Um, Do a can of Coke for a month. And they look at me, and I go, that's 4,500 calories. That's two and a half days of food that is just in Coke. I said, now do that for a year. And they go, I go, yeah, try 30. 30 extra days of food just in that can of Coca-Cola. And it's funny when you you put it in that context Mm -hmm. of... Um, of what their small behavior does over time. So um, uh, go to Portillo's five times a week or whatever, and if you can throttle that back and say, you know, don't drink your calories, but instead consume your calories with green leafy vegetables and allow them that, it's funny, it works. Yeah, it works great. Yeah. You know, it's
0: interesting, a lot of people don't recognize, and I agree, you know, and it's never just one can of Coke, it might be two Correct. or three in a day. I always tell people, I go, the average. They'll diet, admit to one. They'll, they'll admit to one. I agree. <laughs> yeah, you always have to multiply by either a pack of two or three in every day. Just like when our smokers, you gotta say, you know, you, gotta, you know, they say one pack a day, no, it's actually two. Uh, things like that. But I always tell my patients, this: the, the reality is that the average. Uh, a consumer has about a fifth of their daily calories coming in from a liquid source, but they don't realize that. So, you know, if you're talking about like that 2,000 calorie diet, a fifth of that is liquid calories, and a lot of that is, is things that we just don't think about, and then you throw other things on top of that. I, I showed my patients this other day, and I had an elderly couple, and I showed them a, a graph of some uh, cross-sections of a stomach, and I said, this is what 500 calories looks like. And so I had one graph that just looks like oil, like extra virgin olive oil, a little bit, fills up just a little bit of the stomach. And then the next slide was, um, I believe it was a, a, a 500 calories of like meat, for example. So it fills up maybe about a third of the stomach. Now, by the way, it takes 20 minutes on average to get that signal to say that you're full. And then, but anyways, making it a long, story short, short, you, you graduate that progress to a festival a of fruits and vegetables. If you have 500 calories worth of fruits and vegetables, it fills up your entire <laughs> stomach. Right. You are full, baby. Yeah. And you are full. you got fiber, you got phytonutrients and all that kind of stuff, disease funny things. And, and it's amazing when you think about it, but we have to kind of do that. What's your takes, uh, take on this, Jason, when, when you think about, because you work with a lot of a, a, a dementia type population, mm-hmm. how do you kind of address nutrition in that segment? Well, I, I think about the blue zones that you were mentioning yeah. and the, how there's
2: such a, there's so much evidence on the mind diet which is a variation of the mediterranean diet which is exactly what you're talking about Uh, and it's so helpful to make just those dietary changes one thing that sticks with me through my training at the hospital because i work so closely with other primary care physicians was the fact that if your body is healthy your mind is healthy and there is so much truth to that Uh, because if your body is not healthy your mind typically is not either Uh, What we put into it travels all the way including into our brain and so when I'm working with individuals Not necessarily already set up in assisted living facilities and beyond uh, but particularly when they're at home Making that recommendation of
0: having that that greener leafed dietary intake. Excellent. Excellent. Let's talk about exercise. You know, we know the body's gotta move. There's no doubt, so many things happen. I even think from like a brain health. When you exercise, you recruit you recruit new cells to the brain. We call it neuroplasticity. You know, you just get oxygen. Just so many different things happen from the benefits of exercise. Uh, Dr. Connor, when you see your patients that are older, what kind of general exercise uh, recommendations do you make? Sure. It's, it, I, I, I find it
1: interesting when people talk about, oh, I, I exercise and then you ask them what they do. and they honestly say, I, I, I walked around the block and it took me 20 minutes. And as doctors, I don't think we look at that as, as exercise. We look at the ability to try to get your heart rate up a little bit to where you sweat, and, and that is moderate exercise. And so specifically for the older population, years ago I saw a study that said, arguably one of the best things that seniors can do from an exercise standpoint is gardening. It is an entire whole body thing. You are, you are down, you are up, you are using arms and legs, you're using strength, you're using balance, which is something that doesn't get talked about enough, is, the, is imbalance, um, hearing issues, uh, visual issues of why, of what can be barriers to exercise in the elderly. Um, but something to say that it needs to be maintained, something that you can do for 20 minutes. And if you can do five, great, then build to 10. So, um, yeah, that's, that awesome. that's kind of my approach.
0: What's your yeah, take on this, Dr. Morris? I, I
2: think that has to do with consistency. And when I think about, you know, I work with the older of the older population, and when I think about exercise, it's so important because I, I recognize too many times those, those unintended falls can have catastrophic results. Oh, my gosh, Because um, yes. as we age, we don't heal as fast. Sometimes we don't heal at all. Uh, and unfortunately, once you're in that wheelchair for a short amount of time, relatively short amount of time, the muscles start to atrophy, and it's so difficult to get back. So I'm always recommending, you know, try to do your best to get to that 20 minutes, uh, just to keep everything moving to, to strengthen the muscles that are naturally atrophying because of age. Just keep moving. I haven't heard about gardening yet, but that makes complete sense. Makes, <laughs> yeah, I love that thing. I love that, I love that gardening
0: thing because we don't talk about it that much. Obviously, it's it's a dead of winter, or well, it's almost winter. <laughs> Feels like it if you're in Illinois. Those of you that are in other places down south enjoy the warm weather uh, but but here we have to be creative Yeah, we do. When We talk to our patients. The, wall ma- the the mall walkers as the malls
1: have become less of a thing now but mm-hmm. people 25 years ago they'd go walk the mall. Right. Um, I find it's interesting that people don't do that yeah. anymore because they don't really exist. The other thing I want to say is we, we talk about um, cardiovascular, le- the loss of lean muscle mass is used by some to define aging and um, Maintaining lean muscle mass, um, both in your upper and lower body, is is maybe as important. And um, you can do that by by actually sitting and doing exercises that that don't require you to balance or be upright. And um, that's something that um, you know. There's resources around. I know the the YMCA offers that, but. That's something else on specifically on this topic that I wanted to make sure that we addressed. Well,
0: I said that. Mm-hmm. I want to piggyback on that one. I always like to say, say, I want my patients to just, you know, those of you that are listening to us out there, you know, whatever you're passionate about, do it. You know, if you like to dance, Country line dancing, <laughs> right. if you, you know, whatever you want to do, I say do it. If you want to just, just something that'll get the heart moving, something that'll get the heart rate going, something that'll get you a little bit of a sweat. Yes, there are formal guidelines that will say yes, we want you to do 150 minutes a week of moderate exercise, breaking a sweat, three times, you know, ideally three times a week, uh, to, total of the 150 minutes. But then when you kind of put it like that, you know, people are like 150 minutes, like, oh, I gotta do the, minute. oh, you want me to exercise that long? And I, and I'm like, you know what? Just move your body. As you said in the beginning, uh, Dr. Connor, just move. You know, move more, eat better, stress less, get some sleep, uh, uh, those kind of things. Dr. Morris. One thing that, uh,
2: talking about the balance, I'm seeing more and more, particularly assisted living facilities and communities for their seniors are promoting more and more yoga classes. I would which, agree with that, yes. Which is, yep. which is outstanding to see because there are so many benefits that come from that. And you know, when, Sometimes people get intimidated when they think about going to a gym. Uh, But if the the class is geared towards an older population you understand that there will be more people of like age in there and they're going to modify things as appropriate
1: for your age range. And so that's why it's great to see that starting to to get traction now. I think we need to also um, demystify and embrace what happens as we get older. And people think that, oh I'm broken or this is the end, Um, no, this is natural, this happens and the idea isn't to... You really can't prevent it, but you can slow it, and that's I think what the gist of our talk today is about: is how do we at least slow it so you can get eighty five quality years yes. and never and have no events, no yes, heart attack, no yet. stroke, yeah. no cancer, yeah. no hospitalizations, and he had a full pull with bonus time. Hey, and is, <laughs> so, I tell you
0: what, it's amazing. What you think I like that the bonus time because it's t- it's palpable out there. But again, we have to tell people now at a younger, if you are younger. But even if you're old, you can still do so many things. But again, you plant the seed in those people. It's kind of like when when um, uh, Dr. Morris was on the show uh, a number of months ago. We talked about dementia and how do you kind of tell people that are in their 30s and 40s? By the way, in three or four decades from now, you're likely to you have a higher likelihood of getting dementia than we've ever had in this in this world. As a matter of fact, because the rates are only rising, they're going to triple by the year 2050. And so and, and so, how do you plant that seed in a younger person and say, "I need you to think"? 30, 40 years from now, and then fill in the blank. It's hard yeah. to do so. Not impossible though. No, not impossible. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it takes great patience, yeah. Yeah. and again, what we say, establishing the relationship. Yes,
0: so. relationships, that's wonderful. So let me ask, let me ask Dr. Morris this question. Uh, you mentioned a few moments ago about about um, yoga, I think about Tai Chi, and really we know that's a great Meditative or the stress reduction thing. Exercise certainly reduces stress. Uh, you know when you think about the, everything, but but with the mindful me, mindful movement, mm-hmm. meditation, yoga, it's a great way to de stress. So let's talk about stress a little bit. Uh, you know, I gave the example earlier of of a, of a grandparent who's now raising their grandchild as if they were their own child, mm-hmm. um, and and that's the reality that they're in an adult child at home, for example. We could play with this, run with this one, but. When that person's hit with a lot of stressors, and again, they're kind of tethered down by so many commitments and not having time for themselves, for example, how do you make people resilient in the face of ongoing stress? What's your take on that? That's not an easy thing to address. You know, when
2: you think about stress as coping with a situation you either don't want to or didn't anticipate you were gonna to have to, stress really becomes a matter of perspective. Uh, because what one situation may be stressful to another, to one, the other person says, you know, that doesn't bother me nearly as much. So again, that goes back to understanding where somebody is at, at that point in time with their life, with their perspective. But when you think about dealing with stress, it's that meditation really has, is an unsung hero for reducing stress. Some people think about meditation as they have to, you know, cross their legs and go mmm for long periods of time, but uh, stress or uh, meditation has been is as simple as if you're a religious person pray. You know, it's just a point to be able to to sit for a moment and focus on just you, just what's going on in your inside voice and just being able to close off the world for a few minutes and allow yourself a bit of clarity, you know, that personal space that uh, time with you. It goes so far to recharge you for the task at hand you know I I talked with a mother the other day uh, she has her own two children and she's taking care of her elderly mother in her home uh, and she said I've got two young kids and the only time that I have any time at all is when I'm in the washroom and she said so sometimes I'll take a little bit more time when I'm there because I need to recharge in order to be able to care for my mom and to take care of the kids she said Sometimes I don't get through an entire bath, but the fact that I do that for me helps me understand this is what I need
0: to do. You know, that situation is all too common, and we see those kind of examples on a daily basis. And really, you know, as we're sitting there with our patients, you know, trying to coach them out of this and give them techniques, you know, I really say, you know, even if it seems like it's it's very hard to find that moment, Mm -hmm. when you finally do get in that moment, and you, you uh, take the opportunity there. I love how you use the, words, use the word clarity. You know, allowing your body to process information to really imf- Im- improve your decision making. Because you're going to be doing so many things. But it helps you set the tone for everything that you're trying to do. And it may make a difference for you getting through your day and having some gratitude. Or getting through your day wanting to pull your hair out mm-hmm. uh, and yelling. And then that actually leading to more disease burdens. How do, you talk about, how do you talk to your patients, Dr. Connor, about when you're dealing with stress, especially in older populations? How do you, how do you just have them incorporate the proper management skills on a day-to-day basis? I,
1: this, this isn't something that I do specifically with my seniors. I do it with all my patients. Um, as you talked about prayer, um, unplug, turn off the radio, turn off the television, turn off your phone, and, and, and all things, and just be quiet. And if you do that, it's amazing how people get uncomfortable with that, because we're not used to that anymore. Um, and it's, it, it's, people go, I, I have to find time for this. And so actually, find five minutes. Do it first thing in the morning when you open your eyes. You can do this at any time throughout your day. Personally, I don't run or ride or exercise with anything in. That's my quiet time. I'm one with my breathing. I'm one with the road. I'm run with the path that I run on and i do that i need that for my brain and not just for my body and it goes back to that mind body uh, connection mm-hmm. but when i don't run for a couple weeks i kind of lose my mind cuz i'm like i got to clear my head out mm-hmm. and <laughs> one thing you know speaking
2: about not listening when you're exercising out maybe sometimes when you're when you're in your park
1: and it's just you direct turn off the radio turn off the radio yes. i love it it's turn great it's a great recommendation so i have
0: to tell a quick story of that one that was me and i told my wife this story and she's listening right now. And uh, I uh, turn off the radio, and then you kind of say, you hear this rattle, and I go, what the, What in the world is that? <laughs> I, it's, it's like, next thing you know, I, like, need, I need like a, I don't know, I forget what part of my car I need to get fixed. But if I didn't have the radio off, I wouldn't have been in that moment, and then all of a sudden I hear something. So, uh, so thank you for mindful moments like that one. But it's true, but we had to do that all that we need to do that more we just don't do it. No. Yeah. So And it's so simple to do, but we overlook it every single yeah. day. And again it's talking about as you said earlier, it's like how do you go from all talk to actually doing? You know, there's a difference between talking and doing that. and we want to be proactive. I think all of us have that plan where we say we'd rather be risk averse versus risk taking and, and so we just need to make sure we're doing it and the foundation's there your family support system, whatever kind of support system you have, will allow you to do those kind of things, and hopefully allows you to thrive. But I think about as we age, we have to have uh, key resources outlets for stress. We just got to do them mm-hmm. all.
1: As a physician, I think I struggle sometimes with the ability to um, connect yeah. on on somebody that's at a different life place than I am. Somebody that's near retirement. As I, I turned fifty this year, and I, I'm barreling toward that. But um, when I was younger, how, do you, how did I connect as a, as a physician? And sometimes I think, and I think we're going to get to this, is to talk about community you know, and peer groups yep. and, and have others that can understand what you're in. Um, and I think as healthcare providers, we need to champion that type of community more. As much as we try to be empathetic and compassionate toward that, it's hard because we're not there.
0: So it's the old saying if you're not in somebody else's shoes it's hard to identify with them. But but I think as us as as clinicians, you know, we've seen so many people from all walks of life over the years, I and mean, we can we can certainly comment on something, we can certainly offer our opinion. Uh but the reality is like sometimes it's, it's like it's like if you've never been hospitalized as a doctor, I know a number of years ago I had to be hospitalized, have having worked in hospitals for years at that time, you don't know what it's like to be a patient until you're a patient yourself. Right. Uh and and you kinda of have a dealt perspective, but then if you're if you learn, like me, you learn how to approach things differently. I know when I had when I was in hospital years ago dealing with that I talked about it on my show, dealing with a a large benign brain tumor to get get it taken out, I had a whole nother perspective on the meaning of life, my purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's my priorities? And I think that's one thing that we should be talking about a lot is what are our priorities? We all talked about getting the most out of life, but we need to talk about our priorities, and I think that's really a, a great way to segue to the connection thing. You know, what's the most important to you? For for me, I can speak for myself. I think about family. I think about faith. Uh, I don't consider myself a physician at the top of my list of my to-do list on successful things I've done in my life. I think of being a father, being a loving husband, being a man of faith. And the physician is somewhere down the road, but that's my story. You know, we all have a story, as you said, at the beginning with your story. So let me ask this question to Dr. Cunard. Um how do we start out, because the reality is some of us, we age and we have a lot of family. Some of us, as we age more, certain you know, a lot of your core people, they may have already passed. Maybe lifelong friends. Uh, maybe their adult child has moved out. Maybe a, a woman has lost her spouse. Adult children live in another state, and now they might have loneliness. But how do you try to keep connection amongst people as they get older?
1: I, I'll, I, I wanted to, when I read this question, I, I thought, how, how do I segue into what I, what I do in a patient room, um, and I'll, I'll go with retirement okay. because that, that's a huge life event that mo- that most people will go through. And I always ask people, what do you, what do, you do now to stay busy? Okay. And, and it's interesting how men answer it one way, women <laughs> will answer it another way. Yeah, and yeah. yet, if I tried to look at the, the macro uber 40,000 foot view of it, the people that are the healthiest are the ones that actually keep it full, and okay. they find other things um, that fill in where work once was. Okay. And um, and when you do that, it's typically not some isolated um, event. It's not. It's something you're doing with a group, whether it's Habitat for Humanity or Hesed House, or um, I go and I substitute teach. You know. Um, and, and those people are, are happier. And so we need to have
0: something that fills in, and to your word, purpose. Excellent. Dr. Morris, please give me your take on that one because I know this speaks to the essence of what you do when you work with patients and clients and families daily. How do we keep the engagement going? How do we keep the community, the purpose, the well, connection? I, I appreciate that you bring up retirement. Now, there was an
2: old study when uh, probably about 20 years ago now that – when a military member who typically finishes their service time in their 40s okay, would retire, and if they didn't have anything that they were doing afterwards, their average lifespan was seven to 12 years. That's short. That's, that's short, little, my, that's my friend, yeah, look at that. Uh, and with the additional research, what they found was when people left the military at that time, they didn't have any purpose afterwards. They were always in a very high energy environment they always had something to be done. And so they defined who they were by that, and when that was gone, that, that reason for living was gone, For which is exactly why the military uh, instituted a few programs in order to ensure that that would not continue. But it speaks to that purpose of life. When I'm talking with individuals about transitioning into a new life situation, particularly retirement, That's exactly what I want to do. What makes you passionate? What makes you get up in the morning? What makes you happy for starting today? And that's the thing that you need to focus on and continue to move forward with. Continue to have that purpose in your life. My wife has been retired for a few years now, and I laugh because when somebody asks her, how are you liking retirement? She goes, I'm busier now than <laughs> when, I, when I was working. Um, That's a great story. She has she's chosen not to work for financial gain, but she's found value in working with the church, with working with outreach groups for volunteering, and she gets so much more intrinsic pride from that, not from a boastful standpoint, but just because she loves what she's doing and loves to share herself with others. And so being able to keep connected with people that like to do that is an outstanding thing to do we're social creatures. I mean, there's no doubt really about right. that. Uh, and to be able to be with like-minded people gives us purpose and gives us a point to work from. When I'm working with individuals that are considering whether they move into a, an assisted living facility or otherwise, because they've lost their spouse and their children aren't here, they say, why should I? I love my home. I said, have you ever had friends in your life when you were younger?" Do you have those anymore? And too often they say, you know, I'm at, I'm at an age where I have i don't have too many friends left. I said, that's the benef- one of the benefits that people overlook when you move into that facility because there are so many like-minded people, so many people that have gone through societally same s- instances, same experiences, and you're able to share that and have a place to connection and, and be able to draw from that
0: and give back to others. And you get your purpose from that social interactions. My, and that is awesome. I always think, like, we've got to do that, and, and, and we can't, we can't put up any, I mean, there's already a lot of barriers that we, that we have that can potentially affect our health, our relationships already, you know, when we get older, it doesn't have to be more barriers, there's so many, much more, there's so much more opportunity out there, now, more than ever, even when you're talking about being connected with your family with, through technology, you know, maybe you do have that relative that's, that you love, or that adult child that may live in another state, but, Technology is helping us out and keeping mm-hmm. those things going. We have to embrace those kind of things. We can't run away from it, but 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 we want to make sure that people keep those connections because, as you said, it affects your longevity. I forget the study, um, but I believe uh, Dean Ornish, uh, uh, who's a godfather of kind of lifestyle medicine, said it, but. If you're if you're lonely, you have a higher likelihood of dying from heart disease and all-cause mortality. I believe you said it was three times, but sorry, Dr. Dr. Wernstein, I'm misquoting your study. But, uh, but but the reality is that we need to make sure because it can have adverse. The perils of isolation and loneliness can have an adverse effect on your health. Well, that I'm sorry. No, go please ahead. Go, ahead. Uh, that, go ahead. That's one of the things that I've done some
2: recent research on. It really breaks my heart. Um, is there is an increase after you turn 65 of depression? And we're actually starting to recognize a reverse bell curve for suicides in the older adults. It typically goes down when you're in your adolescence and you're in your early adulthood. But as people age, it starts to creep back up. Uh, And that's sad because that's, that's a sign of despair. That's a sign of being disconnected from others and no longer feeling value. And I have never met somebody that I
1: said, you have no value never met somebody like
0: that. Dr. you are going to say something and we'll get into some myths versus
1: facts? Sure. Um, you know, one of the things when you look at the younger generation is how they utilize technology for for, for social interaction. With this being, t- speaking about older uh, older adults, I'm going to do this. This Jason <laughs> is important. Yes. A handshake and you touch do that. <laughs> right there. And, and for that generation specifically, you can't do this through a a video camera it needs to be a handshake there needs to be touch involved and that's something that we can't we can't none of us can forget and I think when you explain that to people and I'll even go up and shake someone's hand and they'll look at you and you can see that barrier come down where they go I get what you're saying so
0: I feel like we're at a you know you and I were talking a little bit beforehand that and I love it that generation right now those 65 and older they know that touch they know that handshake and we're kind of between generations, Here and are. I. And then the younger generation, it's it's very detached. and And, and we want to do more that throughout the lifespan. And so we just have to keep this message. That's why I love talking about this topic and we want everybody to share the show like crazy because we want to get everybody connected. The power of human connection is such an awesome thing. And so I love talking about it. So let's get into some myths versus facts. So here's what we do each week on the show. We do myths versus facts. This has been a great conversation thus far. I say a statement. My panelists will say either myth or fact and give us a few sentences why it's a myth or a fact. And really, it's all about setting the record straight. Again, we're building trust and delivering truth. So here we go. Dr. Conor, first statement. Here's the statement, healthy connections can help people sustain healthy habits. Myth or fact? That is an absolute fact. Um, Please explain. People
1: aren't good at their own accountability, but boy, your accountability to a group, that's different, um, and accountability to others. So um, having somebody that's a workout buddy, having a class that you go to that's, you know, um, whatever that is, um, having those connections holds you to a different standard than you forcing yourself and having the willpower to or
0: to not do it. Excellent. Thank you. Here we go. Dr. Morris, there are no harms seen in adults over the age of 65 who get less than seven hours of sleep each night. No harms. No, there are harms. Okay, so there that's a myth. That uh, a myth. That is a myth. Please explain.
2: Uh, what happens, unfortunately, as we, as we age, our skating rhythm sometimes gets thrown off. Uh, and we have more waking of the evening and so we've got more napping in the afternoon but not getting that solid seven hours sleep can cause so many problems in fact it, you know, in some cases it can cause some uh, some delusions uh, which are very concerning uh, so getting those seven hours sleep is one of the things that we try to ensure at least everybody gets
0: yeah that's something that i talked about we did a show on sleep um entitled the best sleep ever a month ago with a good friend of mine dr juan flores uh, so i'd you guys check it out but it's absolutely true sleep deprivation, we're living in a society with pervasive sleep deprivation, but sleep deprivation has an effect on every body system. All right, thank you, here we go. Dr. Connor, here's a statement. Older individuals should still strive to get 150 minutes per week of moderate exercise. fact?
1: Uh, that's a fact with an asterisk.
0: <laughs> All right, please explain, um, fair enough, I'll
1: give you that. Um, <laughs> if, if, if you are retired, there, is going to be hard. It, you're going to have a hard time explaining to me why you can't move for twenty minutes a day. Okay, fair. <laughs> and, I got you. That um, one. you're a tough cookie. I love and, it. And, and that that gets close to the <laughs> hundred and fifty. <laughs> but um, something every day is, is better than
0: nothing. Thank you. So, All right, here we go. Dr. Morse, numerous relaxation practices exist for an older adult to implement. Myth or fact? That is, that is a fact. Please explain.
2: Um, you've got uh, multiple things. As we talked earlier, we you have prayer. You have meditation through just focusing on one thing. Guided imagery is one thing that works very well. One thing that I like to recommend to people that are having difficulty with, with meditation, take an object and just focus on it. I usually use a bottle of water. Okay. And just kind of describe that bottle of water in great detail and spend time with it. Not superficial, it's plastic, it's got ridges and a label, it's wet inside. But really start to, to apply what that bottle of water is, and you can get lost in it. In fact, one of the things that I do to meditate um, is, is try to understand a vacuum and what truly is a vacuum. No it,
0: molecules, the <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I'm thinking about my Hoover vacuum cleaner at home, by the way. Uh, but that is awesome, but, but philosophically I love it. But you're right, simple things, it's not, it doesn't have to be hard. You can do no. simple things and really stay focus and have clarity after you you reemerge. Here we go, here's a statement. This is a long one for Dr. Conner, here we go. Practical strategies for healthy eating in older adults include filling up on fiber-rich plant foods, avoiding or limiting animal products, staying hydrated, keeping portions in check, limiting oils, sugar and alcohol intake, cooking at home, and balancing meals throughout the day. Myth or fact? Uh, all of those are, are facts, and that is a mouthful, Dr. Gomez. Um, give low there's a, there's a I get whole, a low wood. There's a whole lot to digest there. I want to t- two.
1: Two. I want to take away though. Um, do. One, uh, alcohol and alcohol consumption is something that is always underreported and is is a significant detriment to everyone's health. Uh, there is no benefit, no matter what anybody says to regular and consistent alcohol consumption. That is a very simple way. If you want to do something small that can have immediate impacts on your health, cut back on your drinking. Mm-hmm. And then cooking at home. Um, one, it's fun. Two, it costs less. Three, it's healthier. Excellent. Um, and, and four, talk about purpose. You yeah. know, Some people uh, don't think they're good cooks. They try it and all
0: of a sudden they go, oh, I can bake. I'm yeah. like, yeah, you can. So, um, so those are the two I wanted to take right, out there. Here and we go, Dr. Morris. Here's a statement. A number of steps can be undertaken to help a person become attuned to their own body and achieve an appropriate degree of deep relaxation. with or fact? That's a fact. Please explain. That's a fact. You know, meditation is an outstanding way of doing it.
2: You know, just being present with someone else allows you to just kind of
0: listen to yourself and kind of listen to others and be more involved with the world around you. Excellent. We'll do two more of these. Here we go. Dr. Cunner, loneliness and social isolation are the same thing, matter of fact. I I did the math, and
1: I I knew this one was going to land on me. All right, there you go. It it, it was going to be my partner in crime. (laughs) Um, I'm going to say that that's a a myth. Um, There there are people that are are kind of, I'll say socially isolated, that are are very fulfilled. Um, And people that are connected that are incredibly lonely. So those are are two separate things, and I thought we could share that answer. I and, and so I what's your take on with that, Dr. Morris? I Go ahead, and expand on
0: that what yeah. Dr. Cutter said. We do
2: have people that have established a a quality lifestyle, being independent, not involving other people. And you know, we think about, you know, many scientists are in fact. But then you have those individuals that are very social, that feel completely isolated from others in the same room. Unfortunately, we have had a number of suicides in the last few years of people that were very sociable very engaged with others but never was able to connect uh, for whatever reason or another and just felt it wasn't worth continuing
0: well, it's, uh, well uh, it's unfortunate that those situations happen but this is more reason why we have to continue to have these kind of conversations exactly we'll do one more of these well, on, on a happy note on this one uh self-care here we go dr dr morris self-care is not necessarily being selfish myth or fact
2: that is a fact please explain <laughs> The, the biggest thing that uh, people say is, if I take time for myself, I'm taking it from somewhere else. And My response to that is, how can
0: you care for others if you don't put yourself first? Excellent. Well, thank you very much. There you go, everybody. Myth versus fact. So we've been having this awesome discussion. I can't believe it. we've got five minutes left. Uh, those were actually the only questions that we went through, those statements of Business versus It's been so so organic on everything, which is great. Uh, and, and it's been just a great conversation to talk with both of you gentlemen and share, and hear your passions, your stories, and really some tips out there for people that, that, that want to continue to keep their health at the forefront of everything. So we got about five minutes left. We talked about in the beginning the chief complaint, why somebody comes into your office, the question in the hour that we're talking about. Let's bring it on home. We call it the assessment and plan. Of course, the assessment and plan for those of you out there that are listening to us—that's when your clinician gives you a diagnosis and, more importantly, a treatment plan, and the most important thing, a follow-up. So here we go. so true, isn't it, Dr. Carter? So Absolutely. Sure. Got to have a follow-up in there. Right. So, um, Dr. Morris, take us home. Give us a few, a few tips out there, people that are listening to us. What do you want? What do we want them to get from today's show? You know. Uh, What are some tips for them to be successful, especially for those of us out there that are listening that are older than age 65? What tools and tricks of the trade can you give them to be successful in their life?
2: One thing that I would like for them to take away from this is understanding what normal aging is. Uh, And it was explained to me at one point in time, normal aging is the individual that wins the 100-yard dash in the Senior Olympics would not even qualify for the regular Olympics team. As we age, we're not expected to lose abilities, we just anticipate that, that we will do them slower. And so we need to be able to recognize that and be able to make self-assessments that are accurate so that we know that we can reach out to others. Probably one of the greatest detriments that we have to our population right now is not knowing when it's okay to ask for help. Uh, and that's, that's a partially on society, that's partially on us. Uh, because we have become so fast-paced. There are those that have taken different routes, which I'm glad that I have uh, I've come to know, uh, but uh, we need to be able to say, it's okay to ask for help. Everybody's been in that situation, uh, and everybody wants to help. So that self-care is such
0: a key piece. Wonderful, well thank you, Dr. Morris, for coming out today and sharing your passion, your mission, and really just some of your convictions is really just a great mindset that, that can easily be paid for to those that are out there listening so thank you again. Dr. Conner, bring us on home, give us a couple of take home points for people out there that are listening to us uh, on, on how to be successful and, and good tips for those of us that are older than 65 but those that are going to be aging to that population what should they take away from today's show? I think the one thing I want people to remember
1: is that it's never too late to start. Um, People think I'm, I'm 55, I'm 60, I'm 65, I've never been healthy. Uh, you can start today. And um, the, the one thing is, is go in and do something that is negative. Go, go have a, a, a big bowl of ice cream and realize how poor it makes you feel. Flip that around and then make a choice to have a day of eating healthy and realize how well you sleep. And then you build on that. You can choose to be healthy. Um, it's it, the, the tools are sitting there right in front of you. You just have to to not be afraid. And, and that comes also from what we've kind of been throughout this is that you're not alone. Um, you, family, friends, uh, physicians, caregivers, counselors, there are people out there to do this with. Um, you're not on an island,
0: so. Excellent, well, thank you, Dr. Cunner. And my final thoughts on this, and I'm gonna start out this with a quote. Act as if what you do makes a difference, it does. That's by Dr. William Jones who was an American philosopher and psychologist at Harvard uh, uh, more than 100 years ago. But it's true, what you do today does matter. We talked earlier about making those short-term sacrifices to get the long-term gain. We're all in this for a bigger picture, a bigger purpose. Again, as you have success with your health, you're gonna have more opportunities and success with your life. Make sure that you keep that a priority. Don't let this conversation die down. Do what you gotta do. Just make a difference. Again, you can make it it a mindset. You wanna get better. Surround yourself with the great people that support you. Find an excellent clinician. Find a primary care physician who will be there for you through the thick and thin of it all. I guarantee you, if you do that, and you put your mind to it, you're gonna have so much more prosperity, health, and we're going to get to those blue zone years, without a <laughs> doubt. So, again, it's been great. I want to thank my guests today, Dr. Jason Morris and Dr. Jim Cunner. Let me just read their information again. Dr. Jason Morris, licensed clinical psychologist and certified dementia practitioner at Renewed Aging Services. Check him out, www.helptheaging.com. Dr. Jim Cunner, excellent. Thank you, my friend, coming on. Board-certified family medicine physician, owner at DuPage Family Medicine. Check him out, www dupagefamilymedicine.com You've been listening and watching live on Facebook at intellectualradio.com This episode is written by Mark D. Gomez MD and Tiffany E.R. Gomez Producer is Tiffany E.R. Gomez Music is by the wonderful Mr. Havis Copyright 2019 by MDG Wellness LLC All rights reserved Stay tuned for next week's show That Estrogen Show myths, facts, and other realities. Again, my name is Dr. Mark Gomez. Check out on my website, www.drmarkgomez.com. Catch you guys later. Peace out.